Thanks, Zoe. It's great to be here with you online. Um, shame it's not in person, but there we go. We're going to dive straight into our passage this evening, straight into Hebrews. And I just want to say that the bit before the bit of passage that we just heard read explains how Jesus is the once for all sacrifice that the whole world needed. The whole world needed saving and Jesus was that once for all time sacrifice who deals with sin, who deals with evil in the world. And he makes a way for us to have a relationship, to be reconnected with God the Father. Jesus has done it all once and for all for everybody, for you and for me. Therefore, our passage begins. Because of who Jesus is, because of what he's done, because of who we are, because of what he's done, we can confidently, confidently, confidently draw near to God. This is an invitation to worship, an invitation to come close to the Almighty God. But we don't come just in any state. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, we come as people who have been and are being transformed. And the writer of Hebrews gives us four points. He says, first, we come to worship with sincere hearts. We come as people who God has literally written his law, his words on our hearts and in our minds. As Jeremiah that prophesied all those years earlier, And as we allow God's law to penetrate our hearts, as we allow it to pulse through our veins, it transforms us from the inside out, that we become more and more and more like the people that God created us to be. We reflect Jesus better in the world. Second, we come to worship with the assurance that faith brings. This is not something that we can do in our own strength or in our own skill. It's not something we can buy from Amazon. It comes from Jesus alone. And as we trust and as we look at Jesus, as we focus on him, he fills us with his reassurance because we remember who we are. We remember that we are a long way off, but he has drawn us close. We remember that he died for us, that he has rescued us, that we are sons and daughters of the living God because of him. We remember that we can be co-workers of his kingdom because of him. And that is the most reassuring thing in the world. It's not about us. It's not about what we can do. It's all about him, what he has done, and it's free for all. Third, we come to worship having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience As we've already noted from the bit just before our passage that we've had read, Jesus himself is the one all-time sacrifice for all. He sets us free from sin and shame so we can live freely, so we can gather to worship knowing that we're a forgiven people and we don't have to carry that shame, that guilt with us anymore. And finally, we come to worship, having our bodies washed in pure water. And here, the writer of Hebrews is pointing towards baptism. 
the symbol that marks us out as Jesus' followers, the symbol that marks us out as, uh, as family. And uh, if you love Jesus and you've not yet been baptized, well, maybe this is a little prompt to think about it. If you have been baptized, this is a little reminder to remember the promises that you made, to say, yes, I'm all in for Jesus. So this is the state that we gather for worship. But on a snowy day like today, if you venture outside and you got cold and maybe a little bit wet, how good is it a feeling when you come back inside, into the warm, into the dry? Doesn't that feel amazing? I remember one time heading up into the Brecon Beacons with a friend, and uh, we, headed, we headed off quite late in a February afternoon, and there were strong winds, which meant that the temperature plummeted as night fell. Soon the only visible light was our head torches. And we, as, and we made our way deeper and deeper into the Brecon Beacons, skating over kind of ice sheets and round snow drifts. All the while, while freezing rain soaked everything through. After six hours of hiking, we were well behind schedule. We were nowhere near our campsite. We were cold, we were hungry, we were wet. And we stumbled across this little bothy. Now, for those of you who don't frequent bothies frequently, um, what they are is a little stone hut in the middle of the mountains. That's all it is, a little stone hut, four walls and a tin roof and a little wooden door. The question for us was, do we stop at the bothy or keep walking to our campsite? The writer of Hebrews in our passage is concerned. The church is facing persecution and some had chosen not to go. You can't get caught if you ain't at the meeting, right? But he writes, there's no room for this. Persecution or not, continue to gather. Continue to gather. And due to a very different set of reasons. We, here in 2021, in the UK, find ourselves experiencing a little bit of that, perhaps enforced upon us, as we're not able to gather in the way that we would like to gather. So much of our corporate life of church, our singing, our praying, our wrestling with the Bible together, has become individualized as we each sit at our computers at home and watch it on Zoom or Facebook or whatever it is. And it's tough. It's hard when we're not able to gather. But perhaps we find ourselves asking a similar question to that one that faced me on that mountainside. Do I take time to pause, to stop, or do I press on? Now, gathering, I want to suggest... Gathering for church is perhaps a little like stepping through that bothy door, sheltering from the cold wind and rain that the world outside was hurtling at us, taking time to, to warm up, to dry out, to recharge. Whereas avoiding church, staying away, is like pressing on past the bothy 
into the cold rain and dark. See, the problem is, if you've done any hill walking, you'll know that in those harsh conditions, oh so quickly will you find that severe fatigue sets in. You're not able to go on at the pace that you were once walking at. You're tired, you're cold, wet through, and on freezing mountain conditions with no shelter, that's no place to be at all. The call for us was easy in the end. We needed to stop. And so we made that little drafty bothy our home for the night. Equally, there is a cost to ignoring worship, ignoring to gather, refusing to gather, choosing not to. You see, not gathering is a spiritually slippery slope, leading to spiritual fatigue and isolation. We need each other. I need you and you need me. And yes, every single member of the church needs every single member of the church. So that annoying person, yes, you even need them. We need to gather. It is encouraging. It is good for us to gather. But it just isn't quite enough to step through the door. Once inside the safety of that little bothy, all I really wanted to do on that February evening was to take my boots off, snuggle down into my sleeping bag and go to sleep. But as my friend reminded me, to switch off now would be unwise. I would wake up in the middle of the night freezing cold, I'd be hungry, and in the morning I'd have to put all my wet kit back on. And that would lead to potentially disastrous situation. I could get hypothermia, I'd definitely get blisters, and not to mention the chafing, we won't go there. But this, this was a not the moment to switch off. I had to be intentional. Just as intentional as I was out on the hills trying to pick my way, I had to be intentional now. Dry out my kit, cook some good food, have a hot cup of tea, blow my thermorest up so I didn't get a cold back in the night, block up some of the holes in that drafty door. I needed to stay alert. I needed to be intentional. And the challenge is the same for us as we gather. Just as I was intentional in that bothy, now is not the time to switch off as we gather to worship, but to, to tune in, to focus. Now, I confess... You know, I confess, I have fallen asleep at least once in a proper worship service, you know, when there was actually people and you could gather, full snoring and everything. I, I confess, we all've done it from time to time. We all zone out, and there are moments in life where we just need to rest, and that's okay. But if that becomes our norm, if that becomes how we engage with church on a weekly basis, we'll find ourselves as I would have if I was not intentional in that bothy, pretty much putting wet clothes on, feeling miserable all day. It, it, it drives us to, to, to a place which is unhealthy. You see, it, not only, it doesn't only kind of deprive us, it deprives everybody else who is gathering. 
because as we gather, we encourage each other. And, as, and if we're all being intentional, if we're all aiming at Jesus, if we're all focusing on Jesus, then Jesus does amazing things. It's awesome. As we gather, we experience Jesus together. And so I want to encourage us that as we gather, we need to be intentional. We need to be switched on. We need to be focusing on him, setting our minds on him, and also encouraging everybody else who is gathered, encouraging each other one, each and every one of us to spur us on to what he is calling us to in our lives. You see, as we gather, we're encouraged to live more like Jesus. And not just in this moment as we gather, but as we intentionally gather and be church together. It gives us the energy, it gives us the encouragement, it gives us the, the enthusiasm, the excitement to go and be intentionally Jesus out in the world. We gather and be intentionally in so we can be intentionally out And I know it's hard right now. And I know Zoom or Facebook aren't the best places to, to be intentional. And there's so many other things, so many other distractions pulling our attention away, especially at home. But may I encourage us to perhaps to choose to, to dial into Zoom. Because I think that's probably the best place that we can engage intentionally together. It gives us an opportunity to share with one another, to go into breakout rooms and pray for one another, to stay on afterwards and connect and be community together. So rather than watching this on Facebook or YouTube tomorrow or the day after, why don't prioritize 6 p.m. on Sunday evening, tune into Zoom and be part of that intentional community gathering and meeting together, stirring each other up, so we're not just intentionally in, but we can be intentional people out there in the world. Another great way in which we're able to be intentional as we gather is through our small groups. And there's a little video coming up uh, later on in the service, which just sheds a bit more light on our small groups. But I really encourage you to join one of our small groups if you're not part of one already. The encouragement of this passage is let's not allow social distancing to become physical distance. When we're allowed to meet again, let's continue to be intentional, let's continue to gather, let's continue to gather and be intentional as we gather that we may not just be intentionally in but we may be intentionally out there in the world for Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have done it all for us. And because you have done it all for us, we can come with complete confidence to you, that we can draw close to you right now, right where we are in our homes. We can draw close to you. And Lord Jesus, we ask that right now you would meet us by your Holy Spirit. 
Lord, we want to give you this time. We want to be intentional about this moment and say, here I am. Here I am, Lord Jesus. Come and meet with me. And Lord, help us to be a community that that encourages each other, that spurs each other on as we gather. That people of Chiswick may know that you are Lord. Would you stir us up, Lord Jesus? By your spirit, we pray. Amen.